0: You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We are in episode number 16, and we have a great show for you once again. I would like to start the show by sharing some stats with you. I discovered that Behind the Note is being listened to in 20 different countries. I wanted to share the list very quickly. United Kingdom, Iraq, Turkey, Indonesia, Czech Republic, Belgium, France, Austria, Japan, Russian Federation, Georgia, Poland, Germany, Spain, Brazil, Mexico, Sweden, Saudi Arabia, Slovenia and, of course, the United States. And I said Georgia, and that's not the state in America, but the country Georgia, which I didn't even know existed. I need to get better at geography, I suppose. However, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are pressing play each each and every day. Thank you so much. And now it's time for me to introduce today's guest. Today's guest has performed with many great musicians, including Vincent Gardner, Sean Jones, and Wernard Harper. Downbeat Magazine called him a commanding singer, steeped in tradition, but with modern sensibilities. It's my pleasure to introduce to you today our featured guest, vocalist Milton Suggs. Thank you, Milton, so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, Chris, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I want to get right into everything uh, by asking you, Mm -hmm. how did you get into performing music?
1: Well, I did it, you know, kind of intermittently as a child, you know, through some music programs in school back when they still had that type of stuff. I just, I got serious about it after high school. That's when I decided I wanted to, you know, focus on it. Uh, My father's a bass player, so I kind of have a, I have a musical legacy in my family. My grandfather's a singer as well, was a singer. And I have, you know, my godfather, was a pianist, Willie Pickens, in Chicago. So there's just kind of a musical lineage that I have. And I just, you know, developed an interest for it once I uh, got out of high school and started to think about what I wanted to do with my life.
0: So what was it about music that was attractive to you? That made you make the decision to pursue a career in music?
1: Uh that's kind of tough. I mean, I'm a I guess I've kind of been a pretty artistic type of person. Um, you know, you know, writing and, you know, I've always wanted to draw, but you know, I think music has just been, it proved to be more of the uh my speed. You know, it, it resonated with me most. And, you know, it's just something I always always enjoyed listening to. And so. I figured, you know, being able to make it or learning how to make it would kind of be the the best of both worlds. You get to listen to it and create it and, you know, be involved in a creative process that is fulfilling.
0: Yes, that's very true. So I read on the Internet that you are the winner of the MCG Jazz Competition. First of all, congratulations on that.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, man. That was a fun, fun competition.
0: I wanted to ask you actually what is that because i never heard of it <laughs> this was actually the first
1: year um uh we that we did it in uh 2000 we we the competition was held at the end of 2013 i think that was the first one the gentlemen mcg jazz Gentlemen sing competition in pittsburgh hosted by the manchester craftsmen's guild out there which is a really cool organization you know they have a lot of Uh, concerts that they put on a lot of guest artists have come through there and uh sean jones directs the uh pittsburgh jazz orchestra which i believe is housed at that location and you know because when i went out there they they actually did a christmas concert and uh freddie cole was a guest artist and he was also a guest judge for our competition so you know they they do a lot of good excellent work out there
0: wow that really sounds like it i mean you got Freddie Cole and, and Sean Jones that are a part. Yeah. And then you have great competitors as well as yourself. Do you know any of the people that you were competing against?
1: Yeah, Benny Banak, he's a trumpet player and a uh a, a vocalist and um Tak Iwasaki, he's a great great vocalist as well. So it was us three that it was narrowed down to out of um a bunch of YouTube submissions.
0: Oh, wow. Based on YouTube. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, you know, people just submitted two clips. One was the uh, required piece of um, a rendition of It Could Happen to You. And the other one was a uh, selection of our choice.
0: Now, I'd like to ask you, I'm interested. I talked to Marquise Hill about this a little bit. What? Why did you compete? What was your reason for doing that at, at this point in your career? Actually, people had kind of
1: suggested I do it. I think um, like I had been notified about it earlier in the year and i actually i wasn't going to do it i mean i have a i have a love hate relationship with the idea of competitions like jazz competitions and so i actually i wasn't going to do it and and it uh it was actually i think the night before the deadline i was at a jam session i was well i was at smoke um after uh my friend will dulles ford no nickel and dime ops uh hip-hop jazz fusion type of band in uh New York where they have, where they do a a late night set at Smoke Jazz Club every night. And, you know, we were just basically having a session afterwards. And I was like, you know, I should record the video for uh, this competition. So I did it and I submitted uh, my music and, you know, it was, I ended up getting selected as a finalist. So that was, that was kind of the motivation. I don't think it was necessarily a premeditated type of thing for me, but it was, you know, it was just it was, it was fun. It was a fun experience either way. And, um, you know, it proved to be a good experience.
0: Right on. So I also learned about the ML- MLK, More Than a Dream, concert that you put on. At yeah. Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, this past um, Dr. King holiday. And, yeah, we did that. I think it was January 21st. So, yeah, I wrote a, a bunch of uh, music as a tribute to Martin Luther King and had some of his speeches intertwined within the music. And it, it was a really nice concert. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to being able to perform that again, because that was the, uh, basically the premiere. So
0: That sounds beautiful. Did you record that?
1: Um, yeah, I have some clips from it. I have about four videos from it on my website, miltonsuggs.com. So yeah, we recorded it, but I definitely wanted to uh, do it as a, you know, that was more of an informal recording. So once we, you know, work it out, work, work some of the kinks out and get, and, you know, get it solidified, I really want to actually either go into a studio or do, I'd probably rather do a live recording. So perhaps next year sometime we can perform it again and I can actually do a, a real recording of it.
0: That's what I'm talking about. That sounds very interesting and I think it's going to be a, a great product when you complete it. So I would like to know, how did Winton how did Marcellus encourage you into a music career? Because I read that in your bio. And it sounded like, I got the impression, if it weren't for a few words that he gave to you, you might not be doing this today.
1: Yeah, I, I probably, I may not have chosen to go, I think I probably would have chosen
0: to uh, follow the path of, of,
1: of as a vocalist probably not when I did, maybe a little bit later. I know when, for a fact, when has encouraged a lot of people, you know, he gives lessons to a lot of young trumpet players, a lot of, you know, advice to up and coming musicians who are interested. So it was really just after a masterclass that I was going to DePaul University at the time. And after, after our masterclass slash kind of performance with Winton and Sean Jones and some other Lincoln Center members, you know, critiquing our performance, i spoke to him and Uh, Actually, I I ended up getting his number and called him on the phone. And you know, we talked. And at that time, I was more into—I was really pursuing piano. Um, I was trying to become a pianist, but I was doing singing. I was singing as well. So at that, when I talked to him, he he definitely encouraged me because I sang with with the band, with the Paul University's jazz orchestra. So that's what he heard me doing. He didn't hear me play. You know, after when I talked to him, he, he kind of encouraged me to, you know, really pursue singing as a, you know, pursue, put more focus and pursue it, pursuance into it. And that's what I did.
0: Well, I want to change gears a little bit. I know that you recorded how many albums? Three albums. Is that accurate? Three? Yeah, it's three. As a, as a leader? Yeah. So with with that under your belt, tell us some lessons that you learned from going through the process three times. And also, we like to know how each one was different.
1: Yeah, well, I think if I had to do it over again, I would probably have waited a little bit longer to to do some of the. Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad. On one hand, I'm glad I did I did it when I I did. On another hand, I feel like I may have wanted to wait a little longer and get a little more performance experience under my belt before I recorded or released my my, my second album, which was more with a with a full band and. And was more extensive. My very first one, I just recorded a... Uh, it was a duo album with myself and Willie Pickens, piano and vocal, uh, of, of Duke Ellington
0: and Billy Strayhorn tunes. Let me, um, I'm so sorry, really let, me, let me interrupt you for a moment. Go ahead. Because uh, Behind the Note podcast, thank goodness I'm so thankful for this, but people listen to this podcast from mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. So... Some people might not know who Willie Pickens is. Will you just tell us who Willie Pickens is, please?
1: Yeah, Willie Pickens is a, uh, you know, every city has their, you know, their their quintessential figures of uh, elder statesmen, elders on, on the scene who, you know, have a significant amount of importance and, um, to the culture, musical culture of that, of of the uh, music tradition and the artistic tradition of this city, you know, so... so. Um, for Chicago, there are people like Von Freeman, Fred Anderson, um, and Willie Pickens, who is, you know, in that class. He's uh, a pianist and an educator. You know, he's just one of those, those men who has been real important to educating younger people and making a, an artistic, leaving an artistic legacy, building an artistic legacy of excellence in performance, as well as um, education
0: in music and if he and if he wanted to he would be a world renowned pianist of course yeah most definitely uh, he
1: played with he played with Elvin Jones um jazz machine machine for several years you know and uh he chose to you know he chose to to focus more of his efforts in within the city of Chicago you know over the span of his you know his long career and you know he's raised a family and he's definitely he's worked at northern illinois university and he's worked at ravinia with uh other students so you know he's he's chosen to like make chicago his home base in order to do what path that he wanted to pursue and uh but of course if he wanted to most definitely he 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 had the fortitude to definitely become that world-renowned figure
0: and we have that right here in chicago so I just wanted to paint that picture for people who don't know about them. So that was who you worked with on your first, on your first release. Yeah. Okay. And so then uh, you said you wish you would wait waited for the second.
1: Yeah, on um, one hand, I mean, I, I did. I, I valued the experience of recording and going into the studio. But on the other hand, I think that there was more room for artistic growth as far as my writing and performing ability that probably could have say that I could have waited and applied to uh an album at a later date and definitely you know used you know uh saved I guess saved my resources put out a different album but I'm glad that I released you know that I recorded there is there is a value in in that recording experience of the the first album and the second album so you know it's all you know it all uh adds up into creating a you know a learning experience and it adds up into forming who you are artistically so there's no regrets but those are you know kind of uh differing opinions that i might that i kind of hold sometimes like maybe i should have waited on this other album or maybe on this first album or you know doing it at the right time so
0: so did any well i have two questions how much yeah. time passed in, in between the first and the second
1: the first and the second, I actually released those in the same year. Like uh, because I was doing, you know, we didn't even really do with the uh, Duke Ellington, Billy Strayhorn tunes, the one with Willie Pickens. We didn't really do any uh, complex arrangements or anything. It was bas- basically just, you know, two people going in the studio and recording some some tunes. And so that's what that's what we did. And uh,
0: and what did that process teach you? It was really just. I guess,
1: learning about the studio, how the studio works, uh, you know, how to how to record effectively and, you know, how to, you know, I guess, manage your time and resources in order to present the best
0: product. That's true. I um, (laughs) That's very true. I used to listen to CDs and I would ask the question, how did that guy let that get through? Or why, why did they release that when they could have... I mean, it's recorded. They could have kept it. Why did they let that go, you know? But that's what I said before I recorded.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, because you can hear you can hear certain things and then you realize, well, oh, maybe they didn't have time to fix that or maybe they didn't have the money to come back. So, I, Yeah,
1: especially when you're doing stuff independently on your own, there is a lot of consideration into finances that has to go into what you're doing
0: okay so uh really quick tell us about the third recording yeah. experience
1: um i'm really the third cd was ly- lyrical volume two and oh, not volume two lyrical volume one that was the album of my lyrics to different uh like jazz standards tunes by uh, benny golson um wayne shorter and among others, and that's, you know, the vocalese tradition is a strong tradition in this music. You know, with people like Eddie Jefferson and John Hendricks, you know, paving paving the, the way for that. That was a, um, an album, that that concept, lyrical, the lyric, which is actually a series because I'm uh, intending to record another, the second volume of that this year. It's just an album of my own lyrics and arrangements of various tunes by these artists.
0: All right, I want to change gears on you a little bit. Uh, yeah. you, you recently left us in Chicago for New York City. <laughs> right. How long, ago has, how long ago did you leave?
1: Uh, I moved in at, toward the end of 2012, so October 2012.
0: Okay, so there's some people who are considering that move for themselves. And so I want to ask you, tell us about the, the transition process for you. And how did you adjust?
1: I was real fortunate to uh, actually have family in New York that I was able to rent a room from, you know, which, which actually helped out a lot because you know, rent prices are pretty exorbitant in the city. So that helped. So I was able to rent a room for maybe a little bit less than I would, would be paying normally. And I had some savings as well. So, but when I got out here, I was fortunate also to be able to pick up work pretty, pretty quickly As a vocalist, I think it's a little bit more difficult because the opportunities aren't as vast, I don't think, as, you know, as opposed to instrumentalists who are able to be called more often for different, you know, gigs within this particular genre. So the transition, it was... I'm sorry,
0: I'm sorry, and the the genre you're speaking of is jazz, correct? Yeah. I want to make that clear. Okay. So the
1: transition was relatively smooth for me. You know, there there are rough, there were rough spats, p- patches, and there still are. You know, but I definitely think it was a it was a good move and relatively smooth transition for me.
0: So, who did you first work with?
1: Um, My very first gig out there was under my own name as Smalls, which I think I, I, that was around November.
0: So, within and- one month, you had your own performance at one of the premier jazz clubs in the city.
1: Yeah, well, I actually came out a few times before I, um, you know, moved, before I made the move. So I came out twice during that year. I came out once in April and then another time in July, and then I came out again. Then I moved permanently in October. So I was able to, you know, kind of make some rounds. It also helps that I kind of had these projects available and I think I think and also the fact that I have stuff like a website up so that my music and what I do is accessible. So I think that's an important part of basically you definitely got to have your your business together. You know, so I think it's real important to have, you know, a website Have your social media presence up. Have your outlet for your music or a platform where people can find you, so that when you do make appearances, places you know people can follow up on their own. Word travels by word of mouth.
0: And I like to say your website looks very good, by the way, uh, better than most independent musicians' websites that I've seen. Yeah, I
1: just I just revamped that uh, not too long ago.
0: Is that something you did yourself, or did you pay someone? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm kind of a, a do it yourself person, I guess. And that's I feel like we live in especially as artists this day and age, we kind of live in a do-it-yourself world um on the on the independent side because things, you know, things do cost, you know. So I didn't when you don't have the resources or you you want to spend your your money in better in other places, other ways, then yeah, you there's certain things that you have to choose to do it to do yourself. So my website was one of them. I just use there are a lot of templates online that you can use. I use Wix um to design my website. And I had paid someone before, but I just didn't feel like the cost was worth what I was actually getting.
0: I see. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to use this moment to do a shameless plug because if you go to behindthenote.com under the resources section, you will find a link for hosting with Bluehost, which is who I use. So wherever you have your website, you need some place to put it. And that's what hosting is. Yeah. For those people who, that don't know. Okay. So if you go there and click that link, that is an affiliate link, but it's no extra cost to you. And I'll be thankful for that. And hey, man, you set me up really nice. Ha <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> cool. But uh, anyway, I wanted to ask you. So your first gig, your first, yeah, your first job was something you worked on your worked out yourself yeah so who did you work with first as a sideman I
1: think it was Wycliffe Gordon say what yeah what a, I, in what New a York. great
0: first gig that you didn't book yourself that's incredible yeah
1: it was it was It was a real fun gig
0: so how did that how did that happen
1: um that was a connection that I made in grad school I um had performed with Wy- Wycliffe Gordon did a guest performance with the DePaul University Jazz Ensemble I was singing with that jazz and sound at the time so that's a connection that i made probably four years four or five years earlier when he came to chicago you know that was uh, i think we stayed in touch loosely a little bit i think i emailed him when i released my album i actually emailed him talked a little bit and then i think i i may have or may not i think i i, I did notify him that i can't come to the city I I't moved to the city and he had a gig for me it was a christmas concert
0: wow that's beautiful so the lesson here is to keep in touch with people that you work with in the past. Just keep oh, in yeah. touch with them. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. That's That may be the most valuable lesson ever, actually. Yeah. Uh, I
1: think communication in general is it. And it's something that I've had to work on and develop and something that I have not by far perfected. But uh, it's definitely something that I have realized the importance of, you know, just open communication with people and not necessarily even on a social media level because i think social media can sometimes be damaging to our perception of how we communicate with each other and the effort that we put in to communicating with each other but there is a definite importance to communication amongst artists uh in a on a in a real world level
0: i agree with you actually a hundred percent so um, one more well not one more i have actually a couple more questions but yeah, i got all day uh, oh cool I want to know who you have not worked with that you would like to work with. Every,
1: I really, I've really, i sat in with Roy Hargrove a few times, uh, different clubs. I was, It was actually cool. I, I was able to sit in with yeah. him at the Van, Village Vanguard on one, of his, on one of his sets for a tune and a few times at the Jazz Showcase when he's come. So I would really like to work with him on a, you know, a legit professional level. I would like to, I think that might be the number one. And, I, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I, there's uh, a lot of artists. I would still like to work with Wynton, um at some point or anything, you know, the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra or something. And, you know, it's just a whole host of people. You know, I'm definitely, definitely look open to Working with people who, who kind of share a similar creative vision or even those who may have a different one so that I can get another perspective.
0: I would love to see you working with Winter Marcellus. That would be a, a great fit, I think. I remember hearing, what's the name of that album? Uh, From the Plantation to the Penitentiary. Is that the name yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: with uh, Jennifer Sannon.
0: Man, that was my introduction to Jennifer Sannon. Yeah. And i too Woo, man. i think that
1: was the world's introduction like really because i think she he he uh he discovered her or uh, came upon her um i think from an extension accent- the essentially ellington competition so i think that's where like how they crossed paths i think but yeah that was that was a she was she was a beautiful singing voice
0: so i want to take this time to point out another uh teaching point uh in this case we're talking about jennifer Sannon who performed at a competition with her with her school and as a result was put on the platform for the world to to hear her so i guess the lesson here would would just be to uh, take advantage of every opportunity that you can and always perform at your best and then the next point would be what we already said which is to stay in contact with the people that you meet and communicate with them all right so milton what is what is skip tone music well, like I said, I
1: released all my albums independently. So rather than basically Skip Tone Music is just the label that I created to release my music on. And I've also partnered with other artists that i met in and worked with in Chicago, like uh, Marquise Hill and Whelam Dullesford, Christopher McBride and saxophonist and Whelam Dullesford's pianist. and Both of them are out in New York City right now. It's a, basically a record label, but it's also more than that. I, I, my ultimate vision for it is to be an organization just for presenting music in various platforms, maybe not just recorded music, but live music as well. So it's a it's an organization that hinges upon the idea of like mindedness among among people that you work with.
0: You know, like mindedness is very important. That's just the simply the power of the team when you have people working together with you that's more strength that's more power absolutely and uh, a a better chance of of you guys succeeding so that's a great idea i love what you're doing and let let me know if there's anything that we can do to help through behind the note podcast absolutely so i have one more question for you all right behind the note podcast is all about advice for a successful music career and Mm -hmm. we've done that so far we've given some really good uh teaching lessons but I want to know if there's maybe one more thing that you like to give away based on your personal experiences.
1: I was thinking of answers or, or along the lines of this theme um, before before we spoke, and I do think, other than you know some of the obvious things like preparation and being good at what you do, I think success in any in any endeavor, especially an artistic endeavor. It's something that you have to define for yourself. I think that I think we can, you know, especially with, you know, people who like to, you know, front on social media and people post, you know, what they're doing and they just make their lives look so awesome and cool on social media. And so you we have we can have a tendency to base our own success or our own definition of success based upon what other people are doing. But just like we live in a universe an infinite universe. And so as individuals, we all have an individual path to follow. Um, We all have individual sensibilities, individual tastes, individual minds. So I think for the mentality to go into seeking success is to define success for yourself, to get to know yourself as a person and as an artist and define what, works for you, what doesn't work for you, and what it is that you want to accomplish in life and pursue it on your own terms. For some, that may be, you know, seeking out a record deal and getting all the perks that that may bring or whatever that may be. Um, you know, it, it differs for everybody. So I think success is something that we all have to define for ourselves and not get bogged down into what it has been presented as, you know, for, for, them, for everyone else other
0: people very well stated milton thank you so much and i like to piggyback on that if i may uh, yeah. along with that you have to make that decision and, and that is number one and and after that you have to maintain that focus yeah and don't Consistency. Forget, correct and don't forget why you decided what you decided because when you maintain that focus then really nothing can take you off course except for yourself And I'm going to use past guests as an example, starting with James Brandon Lewis, then um, Mr. Rufus Reed, Mm -hmm. then uh, Mr. Rudy Royston told us about how he moved his family from a very well-established suburban life to a small dorm in New York City. I couldn't believe that when he told me that. And then I opened the magazine yesterday and I see Mr. Rudy Royston and featured in downbeat magazine those are just three examples of uh what you're talking about milton people making that decision of what success is for them and then number two maintaining that focus and carrying through action carrying through their with their actions toward the decision they made absolutely so milton you have been a great guest and i want to say thank you for giving your time to the behind the note audience. And we were very glad to have you today.
1: Um, I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks for including me.
0: Of course, it's been our pleasure and we'll catch you next time. All right. And that was our talk with vocalist Milton Suggs. Normally guys, I do a, a recap right here, but I kind of did that throughout the episode a couple of times. So today I'm just going to point out as a, as a recap, uh, over all of the shows to this point if you go back and listen each and every time there's a theme that has been developed and it's this that relationships are important each and every episode mentions how our featured guest was able to accomplish a goal or get ahead because of people that they knew because of people that they developed relationships with so if you don't learn anything else if you don't take anything else away from these episodes please take this lesson away with you and that's all for today's episode i'd like to say one more time thank you for pressing play go ahead and rate the show on itunes or stitcher and god bless you